0: Good morning. Let me take this time to greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a pleasant surprise to see the Zoro family uh, from um, Hall, right? Um, so Pastor, pastor Zoro is a pastor of uh, Puking uh, Bible Baptist Church um, in Puking um, and his family, Pastor Zoro Emmanuel Zoro. His wife and and their two daughters get to know them after church. And I see as well uh, Maputi's mom. Uh, I hope I'm right uh, because they look uh, like, oh no, I've met Maputi's mom. (laughs) So um, welcome them, get to know them, um, make them feel at home. All right, Um, we continue with our our series on on Matthew chapter 6 looking at the subject of prayer um, forgive my voice it's hoarseness. yesterday i was uh, i was in a (laughs) in a wedding and there was a lot of singing and dancing and uh, a lot of uh, speaking as well Uh, so forgive the hoarseness of my voice Um, let's go into god's word matthew chapter six we're looking at uh, the Lord's prayer on the subject of prayer as the Lord teaches us how to pray we looked at verse 9, we looked at verse 10 today we are in verse 11 verse 11 let me read again from God's word from the ESV as we read from here I read from verse 9 and I'll end at verse 11 and we continue to go into God's word Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 to 11 pray then like this our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And this is God's word for us this morning. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for your grace and your love. Um, for us thank you for the gift of your word so that we can come to know you and in knowing you worship you um, the way you prescribe in your word thank you for your word even this passage that we um, have before us this morning we pray that you will use it to create in us a confidence um, in, in in prayer just praying and coming before you we pray that you glorify your name And uh, help me, O Lord, as I declare your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when we look at this passage, I'm I'm thinking about our relationship um, with God. And our relationship with God as his children implies that our needs are met in him. What motivates us to confidently approach him with our needs is the simple fact that he is our father. In the beginning of this prayer, as, as, you, uh, as we were following, um, Jesus invites us to pray to God as Father. Remember that this, is not just a, this was not a usual thing um, among the Jewish people to use this word to refer to God. It, it, it was not usual to them to do that. In fact, Jesus was the only one to use the word Father in reference to a personal relationship with God. The, the, the word Father, when you look in the Old Testament, it is used of God, but is, it is never used in terms of a personal relationship with Him. As we have already mentioned, that the word um, that He uses for Father is the word Abba, which um, was a common Aramaic word um, uh, uh, where a child used it to refer to his or her father. Um, it, it, it was a, a word of endearment. It was um, as if a child was saying... Uh, um, daddy or, or reverentially it was saying dear father when a, when a child uh, approached their father they would approach him saying dear father or, or daddy a, a German New Testament scholar by the name of Jehoiakim Jeremiah, uh, explains that in, in, in the lost prayer Jesus authorizes his disciples to repeat the word father uh, uh, to repeat the word father or Abba after him he, he gives them a share in his sonship and and empowers them as his disciples to speak with their heavenly Father in just such a familiar way, uh, trusting uh, that as a father he will listen to them as his children. So he invites us to use this word in in reference to God. So From this vantage point, we approach God with our needs as our Lord directs us in verse 11, saying, give us this day our daily bread notice the shift in this prayer from the great causes of god and his kingdom in verse 9 to verse 10 we saw that he, he is more concerned here about god's glory he's more concerned about the causes of god in the world you, you can even see with that pronoun that he's using in referring to god your name your kingdom your will he is concerned more about god but when he comes to verse 11 there's a great shift right a great shift from focusing on these great causes of God to now focusing on the needs of the, sh- of, the, of the worshipper, the personal needs of the worshipper. And I believe what Jesus Christ is communicating to us here is simply that our Father in Heaven cares for us and that we should be confident enough to approach Him with our needs. Right? A lot of times we, we, think, um, we think only in terms of the transcendence of God. As I explained, uh, transcendence meaning the otherness of God, the, the the majesty of God, God being uh, uh, unlike us, right? And and on the other hand, we we hardly think about the eminence of God in terms of his nearness to us, and 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 we we, we just think of him as far, and we think of him as as more. Uh, uh, uplifted uh, high we we hardly think about him as near and us being able to draw near to him with our personal needs and And Jesus Christ is inviting us here to draw near to him with our personal needs this verse calls us to uh, 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 to develop two attitudes as we approach God two attitudes as we approach God first of all dependence on God And secondly, confidence in God. Let us look at both of them. First of all, dependence on God. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Pay attention to the language of this petition. It is an attitude of dependence upon God. It is an attitude of approaching God with the recognition that it is him who is able to give, right? Depending upon him when you pray this prayer before god you are confessing to god that you are in a place of dependence you are not going to god on a on a table of negotiation right we, we don't negotiate with him we we, we 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 come before him as beggars we must recognize our place in the in the face of god in the presence of god now the dilemma uh, recognizing that we are uh, christians especially in this setting Um, are are working-class Christians or or even middle-class Christians. And so whenever we read passages like this, um, a lot of times we fail to connect with the message because it feels to us like it's outdated, right? It it feels a bit outdated. It feels a bit far. And we we, we hardly um, are able to connect with passages like this. We, we agree that it could, have a genuine, uh, it could have been a genuine concern in, in New Testament times, but as John MacArthur says, that to many Christians in our world, such a request may seem needless and inappropriate, right? The reason this is the case is that we are in a position where we have access to so much that we, we, we hardly think about it as a need. We, we hardly think about approaching God and saying, give us this day our daily bread as a need for us to, to be praying about. Because we, we, we live with so much abundance. We live with so much uh, uh, resources um, at our disposal that we hardly pray about stuff like that. And if that is your thinking this morning, uh, when you approach this passage, I submit to you that you have it all wrong. You have it all wrong. the the passage is not necessarily about bread uh, 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 but about reminding us about our dependence on God we we think that way because we a lot of times we we have convinced ourselves that our buying power is as a result of our hard work right? invariably that kind of thinking leads us into having a skewed perspective towards our possessions we start to depend more on our possessions than on god we, we we depend upon our bank accounts our bank accounts become our security and not god just think about the number of uh or, or the number one cause of depression i'm not saying there are no other causes of depression the number one cause of depression when you look at, at, at causes of depression uh, 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 what is it that causes people to be anxious or, or worried about about life not having money right not having money there is nothing that scares the the modern men or women more than losing their jobs more than being going bankrupt There's nothing that that brings fear into the heart of people more than losing jobs or going bankrupt. That is why you find Christians lying, cheating, and even stealing to retain their jobs. When you diagnose such an attitude, you discover that money has become their god, little g. It has become an idol in their lives. Now, to remedy such a thinking, we we need to shape our minds with the the, the Word of God and remind ourselves of our position before God. Uh, Consider this prayer as as Jesus Christ teaches us. He says, we should pray, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus wants us to recognize that God is our provider. The, the, The word bread here, it is not necessarily confined to, to to mean food made of flour, uh, but it is representative of our basic human needs, the, the necessities of life. We are to depend upon God for our daily provisions. John MacArthur points out that it is a marve- it, it is marvelous to understand that. the the God who created the entire universe who is the God of all space and time and eternity who is infinitely holy and completely self-sufficient who who should care about supplying our physical needs and, and should be concerned that we receive enough food to eat, clothes to wear and a place to rest God obligates himself to supply our needs and just maybe uh, as a caveat to, to, to that comment by John MacArthur uh, Jesus Christ is calling for us to pray, is to pray for our needs, right um, and, and, and so uh, there's no one who knows our needs more than God himself, so Jesus Christ is calling us to pray for the necessities of life before God, to say give us this day our daily bread, what he does not say listen very carefully, he's not saying give us this day our daily dessert, right is that what he's saying? He's not praying for dessert. He's praying for bread. He's praying for the necessities of life. Right? We we are to approach God with the necessities of life. We we if if, if, if I am to approach God and say, Lord, uh, today as 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 we hear and in in, in 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 as as it is widespread and 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 people think it is Christianity, that we go to God, we declare and decree a, 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 um, a Ferrari or a big house or whatever, you know, uh, my wife and I saw a Ferrari on a truck and, and we were like, yo, uh, Ferraris are not driven to their owners when they buy it, they, they carry it on a truck, and, and so we, we, we think a lot of times that God wants us to be filthy rich right that 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 is the the prevalent message that uh uh, uh, these televangelists are are, are preaching to people right they're they're saying plant your seed and 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 god will give you a hundredfold of, of, of 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 blessings and and a lot of times we shape our minds to think that christianity is all about becoming rich but when we hear jesus speaking about these things he says we should pray before god for the necessities of life right Life does not consist in the abundance of things that we have. That's why Jesus looks at uh, um, the crowd and says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So we pray for the necessities of life. Or on the other hand, for those who are privileged to possess material blessings of this world, and it's true, right? Right? Uh, the, um, again let me, let me go back a bit and, and explain the, the, the makeup of the church and what it should be like uh, the, the church in, in the New Testament was a multicultural multiracial and multisocial right there were um, the Jews and the Gentiles right there were, um, so the Jews and the Gentiles um, racially uh, uh, also mixed And and, uh, again, it was multisocial in terms of that there were the rich and there were the poor, that were brothers and sisters. And so, on the other hand, when we pray this prayer, uh, in the midst of the rich, uh, um, those who are privileged to possess material blessings of this world, I I want you to think uh, that this prayer, uh, uh, Jesus wants you to pray this prayer to remind you that what you have is a gracious gift from God. Right? It's a gracious gift from God that the things that you have are not yours because of your hard work, because of your intelligence or strength, but as a result of the provision of God, including that hard work, right? Because sometimes we we, 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 we just focus on the fact that I worked hard for this. I I, I I was sweating for this. If you saw Lerato before church began and, and the sweat on his brow, you could see that uh, uh, that was sweat, right? I was sweating for this. I, I, I got this. my hard work. I got this because I worked hard at school. I got this because I was intelligent. I focused. We don't think about the fact that that hard work and that focus and that intelligence is from God. It's a gracious gift from God. right? And, And so Jesus Christ wants us to have that perspective when we look at our possessions that we already have. When you have such a perspective, there are two fruits that naturally grow from such thinking. Thankfulness and gratitude, I mean, I mean, and generosity. Thankfulness and generosity. Uh, thankfulness because you know the truth of James chapter 1, verse 17, um, where, where, where the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lies with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change, right? We are, we are forever grateful. We are forever thankful for what we have. Right? For, for God entrusting us with the possessions that we have, for being stewards. And, and remember that you are stewards, you are not owners. Right? I once um, said when we were going through that uh, Philippians um, um, series that the most important pronouns when we refer to uh, the possessions that we have is not my, right is his. Uh, that is the most important pronoun. And, and, and this teaches even, even, even our, our, our kids, our children. Um, children grow with a, with a tendency to, to keep things to themselves, that when they see even other kids, they want to say, mine, don't play with it, right? But when we, 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 we raise them with that attitude of saying, God graciously gave us these things, God graciously gave us this house, God graciously gave us this car, God graciously gave us and, and we pray with them even when we eat and, and we, 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 we instill it in them that everything that we have is a blessing and a gift from God. So we, we grow with an attitude of, of thankfulness and not only thankfulness but also generosity. Right? We are thankful but also generous and you, you become generous because the word of god calls you to be generous in first peter and first timothy chapter 6 verse uh, 18 uh, paul addresses the church uh, he addresses the poor he addresses the widows and he addresses the rich as well and listen to what he says about the widows he says the, the, the rich he says they are to do good they, they are to be rich in good works to be generous and listen to that last part and ready to share generous and ready to share the, 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 the first implication the first attitude that we develop um, when we pray this prayer is an attitude of dependence upon God Right? give us this day we recognize that it is him who is giving who is doing the giving and the second attitude that we, 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 we are to, to develop in our hearts is confidence in God confidence in God. Now look at those words again. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, the question is, what should motivate us as we draw near to God and cry, give us this day our daily bread? What should motivate us? Here's a simple answer. Who God is. That should be our number one motivating factor. Who god is his character his attributes is our confidence god does not answer prayer because we have a strong case before him right he does not answer because we deserve it he does not answer because we have convincing power when we come before him our words are so convincing they twist his hand and he says i will answer you it is not because of our ability to negotiate or, or have convincing word. It, it is because of who God is that he answers prayer. It is for his name's sake. And, and that is the, the, one of the things that he says in the Old Testament. When he does something for Israel, he reminds them it is not because you are special. It is because of my name's sake. Right? For his name's sake. In chapter 7, verse 7 and 11 of Matthew, Jesus makes a strong case on the, on the great love of God by pointing to how earthly fathers, though they are evil, uh, know how to give good gifts to their children. And notice that how he starts. He, he starts with an invitation here to, to come before God with our request and, and shows us how this invitation is grounded in God's great love for his children. Listen to what he says. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, and and, and the one who seeks, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or or which one of you, now listen to to, 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 to what Jesus Christ does. This is brilliant. Uh, Or which one of you, if his son asks for, for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Essentially, Jesus is saying here that the care of, of earthly fathers pales in comparison to the care of God. They show some type of care. Earthly fathers' care is not consistent. Right? They can care today and tomorrow. They don't care anymore. But God's care is constant and never changes. And so when we approach him, we approach him with a confidence in our hearts. Right? We are confident in who God is. But most importantly, listen carefully. We are confident in who God is. But most importantly, this is a good, good point. God is confident in who God is. God is confident in who he is. God is not plagued with self-doubt. Uh, j- just imagine with me a bit um, a child who is constantly bullied at school. The, the distress in, in, in the child's eyes every morning when, when their parents leave them at the school gate. One day the child gathers enough strength enough courage to to say to his or her father, there's a bully at school who takes my lunch every day and beats me up. Imagine when the father hears that, the anger of the father. He he says, this is enough. I will not have it. I will not allow my my child to be bullied like this. I cannot let my child go through this. Tomorrow, instead of leaving the child at the gate, he goes in, to to confront the bully and stop and put a stop to this nonsense. Imagine that before he says anything to the bully, the bully starts beating up the father as well. And the father runs away. He chases him away. The result is we have a child now who is not confident in the father anymore. Right? We have a father again who is not confident in himself anymore. That tomorrow when the child says, I have a bully at school, the father will think twice. But God is not so. God is not like that. He can back up his confidence in himself. He is confident in himself. And he calls us to also be confident in him. In Psalm 50 verse 10, he says, for every beast of the forest is mine. The cackle on a thousand hills. In Haggai chapter 2 verse 80 declares the silver is mine that the gold is mine he calls us in Jeremiah to show that he has confidence Jeremiah 33 verse 2 call out to me he, he wants us to come to him he he, he He does not have self-doubt to to think that when we come to him one day, he, he won't be able to accomplish what he said he will accomplish. You see, God's promises, listen to this carefully, God's promises are dependent upon his attributes. The legitimacy of the promises of God is based on the confidence of God's attributes. So so we 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 have confidence in him, but he also has confidence in himself, right? Even when sometimes we don't have confidence in him, the Bible says he is he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself, right? God continues to be confident even when we are not confident. Think about Christians in, 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 in the Bible, Christians in the Old Testament who were at times not confident but God continued to show them His faithfulness. Think about the Christians in Psalms who, who continue to sing about the faithfulness of God and the loving kindness of God. That endures forever you, you you just continue to see testimony after testimony in 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 the bible of god's faithfulness and and how they continue to, to to show that god is confident in who he is and he calls us to call to him and even jesus christ when when jesus christ says here say to him give us this day our daily bread he's sure that this one is the provider He invites us to come before him with our needs. And when we come to him with, a conf- with the confidence that he's able to meet our needs, uh, Paul says to the needy church in Philippi, my God will supply every need of yours. Listen very carefully. Every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Based on who God is. Based on the promises of God, I want to ask you a question, uh, but let me preface it in in these sentences. Based on who God is, based on, on the attributes of God and the promises of God and the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness of God, do you have any legitimate reason to be anxious? Do you have any legitimate reason to be anxious? Because he says... In his word that he will supply our every need according to his riches and glory. This prayer that Jesus offers us to pray is a corrective of anxiety and panic. It calls us to respond to God in faith. You see, what anxiety does, it wrings His hands. But faith folds His hands. Anxiety paces the floor. But faith kneels on the floor. Anxiety causes us to to look away from God. But but faith causes us to to look in his wonderful face. Faith calls us to, to trust in him even when things are not going well around us. Faith beats anxiety. In this wrestling match, faith comes out with a fist raised up high. Jesus calls us in this passage, give us this day our daily bread to, to pray to God and to to, to 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 say to God, we are dependent upon you. And not only that, we are confident in you. Let me let me let's just give you a few implications even as we pray this prayer, what this says. Now, this prayer does not mean that we should be lazy. Right? It does not mean we should be, we should sit around and say, give us our daily bread. It it, it does not call us to be lazy. We are to be hardworking people because even the strength to work is given from God. Right? Again, it does not call us to hold our positions. Our possessions. Right? We we usually work hard and so working hard we think, man, I'm not going to give any of this away. So we are to be generous, right? As we heard from uh, First uh, First First Timothy chapter six verse eighteen, we are to be generous with what we have. And thirdly, this passage it does not call us to to be anxious. It does not call us to be anxious when we do not have um, what we need. Calls us to be dependent daily upon God. And so the, think these things through and think about this passage. It is the most important thing for your body, right, that God provides is, is, is bread, right? Or in whatever form. Today we don't eat, not all of us eat bread. In, in whatever form um, in terms of sustaining your body, but, but what Jesus Christ is calling us and, and, and as I was reading this passage looking at the Greek of, of that passage is that um, the verse daily daily bread is, is, has a sense in which when you pray this prayer in the morning, you are praying for that day. when you pray this prayer in the evening you 're praying for tomorrow it has that sense and 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 again it also has an eschatological sense if 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 that is the sense it it also says the 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 day for tomorrow the 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 bread for tomorrow in other words this is the simple passage that i want you to live with man does not live by bread alone but by every word from the mouth of god amen dear heavenly father lord we thank you for your word Thank you that we can approach you with with dependence upon you, knowing that you are able to supply our needs according to your riches and glory. And we can be confident in you, knowing that you are also confident in yourself. We have a clear testimony in the scriptures of, of your faithfulness, of your care, of your love. So may we draw near to you with these attitudes. For the sake of your name and your kingdom, we pray. Amen.